day to you and a very warm welcome to the Financial Freedom Podcast, delivered with incredible personality by the team from Rachel Bell Wealth Management. Today, there's just myself and Rachel in the studio, and we're going to be discussing the subjects of pensions in this podcast called I Don't Like Pensions. Before we go any further, please note that the discussion points we cover in this pod are our own views or those of the guest speakers and do not constitute financial advice. We always recommend that you speak with a professional before considering your own situation and taking action. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm pretty good, James. Thank you very much. Okay, so if people have stuck with us to this point, there's perhaps a chance they've got a slight interest in pensions. But given the subject matter and the title, Rachel, I'm first of all going to ask you, why should people stick with us for the remaining 20 minutes or so of this pod? Great question. Great question, James. I think the first thing I would say to that is that I'm the opposite of the title. I love pensions, but most importantly, I love helping people to understand what your pension can do for you and how it fits into your plans. Um, so to today's pod, you know, we normally do the myth buster, James, but today's one big myth buster and we want to bring it to life for you to be able to understand and take control um, for looking at what your pension can do for you. All right, let me kick off then with, um, I'm going to fire some questions at you. Oh God. And I would okay. like to do your very best to uh, to answer them in the snappiest way possible. Question number one, pensions are boring and complicated. Boring and complicated, they can be both. Um, there was something a few years ago called pension simplification, but actually what we find is it is pension complication. There's so many different kinds of pensions, so many different legislation, uh, so many different rules. It, it's very hard for us to keep up a lot of the time with what's going on in the world of pensions, let alone you who've you've had pensions throughout your um, career. Um, so yes, there's no no. Um, I can totally understand why people think that pensions are complicated. As for being boring, then. I suppose it effectively means as what that depends is how much you've engaged with your own pension and how much you understand about what's happening under the bonnet and what it's what it can do for you really. So when, for I'll give you a couple of examples of that, James. It's very, very common. In fact, I would say almost 90% of times when we're talking to clients and they come to us with lots and lots of paperwork um, that they can often be a little bit kind of ashamed about because they don't really understand what this paperwork means to them, but they think that they should. So they put a bit of pressure on themselves to think that they should understand it. And nine times out of 10 in that paperwork will be numerous pension statements, some going back 20, 30 years where they've got statements after statements. In fact, one client just a couple of weeks ago said, Rachel, if you were to offer me a million pounds for me to be able to explain to you what my pension statements mean, I couldn't do it. And that's that's okay because that's my job. So my job is to uncomplicate it, to simplify it and put it across in a way that you understand what you've got, why you've got it and what it's going to do. And that just links totally in with the title of our pod, uh, Financial Freedom, because we want to help you to achieve that. And understanding your pension is certainly going to go quite a long way towards it. Very good answer. Let, <laughs> Did I answer the boring bit though? 
I suppose, but actually, you know, some people do get really bored by pensions because, again, there's so much to understand. Um, and if you are an engineer and you would just want to go off and build things, you might very well get bored about pensions. But what you won't get bored with is how they fit into a plan for your own retirement. Yeah, and it's about the future, right? So, yeah, yeah. You, you know, this is about making exciting plans for the, the point in life when you can finally say, I think I've had enough of work now. I want to spend my time enjoying time with my family or relaxing or going on holiday or whatever retirement might look like for a, a given individual. And that will be very different depending on the person. Yeah, very different. And retirement, as you say, it means something different to everybody. But retirement planning is made up of a number of different things, not just pensions. Uh, you know, so some people are fortunate enough to have um, property that will provide them with an income. Some people have got money invested. All of that can go towards your retirement plan. Let's look at people that are at the uh, potentially at the opposite end of the age spectrum. And I've got two questions for you. The first question relates to uh, a younger person just starting the world of work who thinks, I just don't need to think about pensions now. I'm 21. I've got so much living to do. And the second question relates to perhaps somebody who is older, who hasn't contributed to a pension over their working life and thinks the state pension is going to be enough for me. So we'll deal with them separately. Young person, I don't need one. Older person, the state pension will sort me out. Okay. First question, the younger person. Do you know what? I'm totally with them on that. There's a lot of priorities at 21. Um, if, we th- if we think about financial pressures, it's have you got a, a lifetime ISA? Are you saving for a deposit on your house? Are you renting? Um, or are you just saving up to go to a brilliant holiday with your girlfriends, boyfriends, um, and having a great time? And all of that is is okay. Um, if you're working, the chances are that you will have the opportunity to have a workplace pension. Um, and again, depending on what your circumstances are, then I would really recommend the earlier you start to contribute into a pension, even if it's a small amount, then if you think over the years that you've got to retirement, so if you're 21, then you know, you're going to be potentially in your 60s, potentially, when you're going to be looking to retire. That's a long time. The earlier that you start, you've heard of something called the snowball effect, then that money grows and grows and grows and grows. The earlier that you start, the easier the choices will be in the future. And it's just on that, is there a minimum amount that somebody can pay into a pension? No, um, the, no, there isn't a minimum amount that anybody can pay into a pension. For the workplace pension rules and regulations, you would need to, you would need to um, invest a, a minimum amount. Um, so yeah, so your workplace schemes will have its own rules as to what the minimum levels of contributions are. But what you've also got to remember is that under the current legislation at the moment, for every £80 that you pay into your pension, then that's topped up with 20% tax relief from the government. Um, you know, so there's what other kind of investment would you have an immediate uplift by 20%? It's a great tool for tax efficiency, especially as your earnings increase. But going back to your question about you know younger people and having different priorities, at different ages, James, we all have different demands on our income. 
And there are times when you know that pension saving is really important or retirement planning saving is really important, but you can't do everything. And what we would look to do is to have the conversation with you to understand what your priorities are, where you want to be, and we'll help you have a plan to get there. And it might well be that we do say to you at this point, do you know what the priority is for you to save as much as you can to be able to buy your first home so that you're no longer uh, renting or just, just save as much as you can to have an emergency fund so that you can deal with increases in costs that come your way. And that can be, you know, if you're um, wanting to think about having a family. So there's all sorts of different priorities. And there'll be times when we say to you, OK, that's the priority right now. So we always recommend that people have a, an emergency fund that will meet their needs. If you haven't got an emergency fund, that would be the first thing that we would recommend because we know that if once one thing breaks, three things will break. You know, so as soon as you need a new washing machine, your iPhone goes down the toilet and you also um, need to replace a wheel on your uh, tire on your car. It's just the way that things are. If you've got an emergency fund there, you just feel a lot easier about dealing with those things. And, and especially when there's so many challenges on, um, on our income constantly. So if you're in a situation where you are struggling, we would help you to have a plan. Does that mean that your pension is any less important? No, it doesn't. It just means it will fit into your journey at a different time. And that applies equally when you're older. So when you do have children, again, there's a lot more demands coming on your income. If you're moving house or if anything was to happen to be made redundant, the key point is to have the conversation to talk about what fits with you. Don't get me wrong. If, if we're kind of having a conversation and your priorities um, shift entirely and there is capacity for you to be saving into your pension and you're not, then we'll also make you aware of the consequences of not doing that. And as long as it's putting you in a position of choice, so a good example, James, would be where we might be speaking to somebody that wants to really retire early. There's legislation with pensions that mean that it's at the moment 10 years behind state pension age. So at the moment, you'd be between the ages of 55 and 57 when you can draw on a pension. Now, some people might decide that actually, do you know what? I want the flexibility to be able to give up work earlier than that. Just because you can't access your pension at 57 doesn't mean that you can't plan to retire earlier. It just means that your income will be from different sources. But if you don't have a plan and you don't have goals and you don't challenge yourself to, to meet that, you're not gonna have the choice. Um, and sometimes we have difficult conversations with people who are wanting to retire early. And the reality is, based on what they've told us they want, they won't be able to do that unless they save significantly more towards their goals. Okay, so let's let's deal then. Really, really good answer there. Really good answer. And uh, I think probably any younger people listening might be surprised that a financial advisor would say, we might not necessarily tell you to put money into your pension at that point in life because it depends on your priorities at that point in life uh, so that that was really interesting Let, let's let's deal with somebody i don't know late 40s early 50s they've never paid into a workplace pension they are wholly relying on the state pension they think it's too late for them to even consider setting up a pension fund 
what would the advice to those people be? Because they will exist. They will and they do exist, James. Um, you're entirely right. And one of the things that I always say is that the state pension is, is an absolutely amazing um, source of income. However, it is not an amazing source of income if it is what you are entirely dependent on. So as we just said, equally for somebody who's younger, you want to be put in a position of choice. So what we need to do, first of all, is peel back the layers to understand what you want your retirement to look like. So if you are somebody who's aged 55 and you've got ideas of grandeur that you want to go around the Mediterranean on a yacht every year, um, that you, you know, you want to be able to treat your grandchildren, um, you want to support grandchildren or children through university and you've got no pension, then we would really need to sit down and have a difficult conversation because that is not going to happen. If you're sat down at 55 and you've built up um, savings in other areas, that just doesn't happen to be in a pension, and we talk about what your aspirations are for retirement and, you, you know, you're really happy, you want to make sure your family are okay, you've got no mortgage, you holiday in the UK, and you've built up some kind of modest savings, then what we would do is we'd sit down and look at realistically what those savings can do for you and how they can support your aspirations. And again, if your aspirations are not um, something that's going to be achievable, we'll have the conversation and help you to look at how you can get towards them. So even if you can't meet what you want, how can we bridge the gap between where you are now and where you want to get to? And sometimes that's about having a conversation to say, well, actually, if I work for another year, then that will help me to shore up my savings and my plans a lot more, which means that I am going to be able to reach those aspirations. Other times, it might be that you're really pleasantly surprised with what you have squirreled away, and whether it be in pensions or savings and investments, that actually, you know, you're okay and what you're looking to achieve would be okay. Because I think the other important thing to mention at this point, James, is that we are planning for a 100-year living so it's very, very important that when we're working with our clients, not only do we look at what they need um, to reach their desired standard of living in, in retirement, but also to make sure that they're not going to run out. Um, you know, so whilst we've got what we call pension freedoms, which means that you can access pensions a lot more flexibly than you've ever been able to do historically, that doesn't mean you should um, and if some people do, then potentially they also run the risk of those monies running out before they do. Um, and if we all had a crystal ball, then, you know, happy days, but we don't. And the reality is that we are all living a lot longer. What about the people who have paid into a pension fund of some sort for maybe 20 or 30 years? Um, they've sort of kept an eye on it over time to see how it's performing. Is is there any way in which uh, you or a financial advisor can offer benefits to those people in engaging with you? Absolutely. And this is probably one of our favourite jobs, to be perfectly honest with you, James, because 
all too often, there's a big pile of paperwork and you might have somebody that's been really studious as to where those monies have been investing, about making sure that they challenge themselves about how much is being paid into. But what we do is bring it to life to think about actually what do you want in retirement? What kind of income are you going to aspire to in retirement? And then we we do something um we do a bit of a deep dive to look under the bonnet as to what their existing pensions are. So we get authority and we ask the existing pension companies lots and lots of questions to be able to go back and convert that paperwork into part of your story. And part of your story will be, you've worked really hard, um, you've really saved as much as you can into these pensions, you've really taken the investment decisions um, on board, And actually, the existing paperwork means that you have already got a significant amount of income towards the goal that you need. Um, And then in the future, you will also get a nice pay rise when you do get the state pension. And we can help you um, or, or talk you through how you can get a forecast for your state pension because it is an important part of that journey. Um, But helping people understand what their existing pensions will do means that all of a sudden they're really not boring. Um, And even if you've got a pension from years and years ago, the chances are that it will have some real benefit towards your goals. I I sense there's not an exact answer for this one, but how much does somebody need in a pension pot in order for them to enjoy a reasonable quality of life once they've retired? Um, there's a very rough uh, rough guide that we talk through when we do our financial wellbeing workshops. And one of the slides on there, which is actually the one that always gets the, the most engagement and people's really scribbling down what, what the slide says. And the example is based on if you want to have an income in retirement of £20,000, then the rough rule of thumb is that you will multiply that 20,000 by 25. Multiplying that by 25 gives you a figure of 500,000. So 500,000 is a huge amount of money. But what we then do, like I said before, is we peel back the layers of that because we look at what you've already got. And it doesn't have to be 500,000 in your pension. It can come from different sources. So if you have got savings and investments elsewhere, that can form part of that pot. And we also look at the paperwork that you've got for your existing pensions to see how much is actually there. And then don't forget that if you are married or in a couple and you're looking at a joint retirement, we also bring into play your partner's pensions. So we then look at really getting down to what kind of income you are going to need. So there's two different, well, three different levels, really. The income that you need is based on all your bills, all your essentials, and what you need to live day to day. So that's the first priority for looking at what amount of income you need. The second is what we call discretionary spending, which is your nice-to-haves, your meals out, maybe a weekend away in the UK, um, and just treating your family for um, a meal out, birthdays, Christmas, and everything like that. And then to top it all off, you've got luxury spending. So your luxury spending would be um, your holidays abroad, or um, if you if you know if, if you want to go more than once a year um, on holiday and things like that, that would be luxury. 
So when we're talking to you about what income you need, we always kind of think about it in today's terms as well. So in today's terms, if we break that down, we add it all up and that gives us a rough idea as to what you need in today's terms. Now, most people fortunately will have their mortgage repaid by the time that they retire so we can take that bill off. That then gives us an indication as to what income you are going to need in retirement and what income you're going to want in retirement. And then we work from there. You know, so if you are 55 wanting to retire at 56 and you haven't done a lot about your pension planning, that's going to be a difficult conversation. If you are in your um, 30s and um, you know, you're starting to earn more and you've got more disposable income and you're not looking, you know, you love your job, you can't see you retiring, but you would like the option to retire at, say, 60. Guess what? We've got 30 years. So do you need to do it all now? No, you don't. Um, you know, so again, it's about that journey for your retirement fitting in with your life. And if at 32, you then have another baby and your partner takes some time off, we need to fit that into part of your plan. And we can do that by um, showing you effectively how things will work, how it can progress over the long term and by being with you on that journey. Do you think people are scared of pensions? Yes. Uh, and I'm not surprised, to be honest, because, you know, every time there's a legislation change, I just put my head in my hands and think, oh, my God, that's another exam that we're going to have to take. Um, or, you know, trying to keep up with legislation changes on anything is, is hard enough, never mind pensions. And then those rules don't apply to the pension that you've got in your draw that you've had for 30 years. The paperwork that you get for those pensions makes very little sense in, in a lot of instances. You know, So people who are lucky enough to have what I call gold standard pensions or old final salary um, schemes, their paperwork can often be made up of four different schemes that all got different rules. So yes, they are um, often difficult to understand. And don't be worried that you don't because you're good at what you do. Asking us or asking your financial advisor to help you make sense of it all and to look at how it fits with you, that's the first step. And I would really, really encourage anybody to pick up the phone um, and speak to your financial advisor to ask them to help you make sense of what it means for you and to build your own retirement journey. And, and just quickly talk me th uh, through that before we, we draw things to a conclusion today. If somebody does pick up the phone to you and say, help, yeah. What happens next? Really just a conversation. It's nothing more than a chat um, to ascertain what you want help with and why. Um, so we would just want to get an understanding about what you want help with, um, what it is that you're worried about or concerned about, what your priorities are. And then the next step would be that we would meet up for a bit of a more detailed chat, um, which and then help you make sense of some of the paperwork that you've got. So it's nothing more than a conversation and a chat to look at how we might be able to help you. And sometimes, James, it's just a little bit of guidance um, to help you make sense of things. Sometimes, especially you know, when we find there's a lot more demands on our income um, at, at the moment, then sometimes it's just about helping you have a bit of a budget and to how to understand how to manage your money uh, but asking the question and not being frightened or scared to ask uh, for help Rachel uh, people hate pensions you 
love pensions. I do. Thank you for your insight today. It's been a pleasure talking to you as ever. Thank you very much, James. We always want to hear what you've got to say about the pod. So if you've got any questions or comments, just head to our social media channels across Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. Search for Rachel Bell Wealth Management and as if by magic, the ladies will appear. Or you can head to our website, rachelbellwealthmanagement.co.uk, where there's a contact us form. We also need you to know that the value of an investment with St. James's Place will be directly linked to the performance of the funds you select, and the value can therefore go down as well as up. You may get back less than you invested. The levels and basis of taxation and reliefs from taxation can change at any time. The value of any tax relief depends on individual circumstances. Rachel Bell Wealth Management is an appointed representative of and represents only St James's Place Wealth Management PLC, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority for the purpose of advising solely on the group's wealth management products and services, more details of which are set out on the group's website, sjp.co.uk.